For nearly six decades, when someone said Fort Hawkins, they may have been referring to something other than the fort. Hello, I'm Ben Sandifer, and on episode number three of the Fort Hawkins podcast series, we revisit Fort Hawkins School, which was built on the northwest corner of the grounds near the location of one of Fort Hawkins' two original blockhouses. Fort Hawkins School was built for just over $98,000 and opened in the fall of 1921 with 506 students and 15 classrooms, but no lunchroom or auditorium. Now let's meet four former students at Fort Hawkins School who'll share their special memories. Hi, my name is Brenda Clyatt Thomas. Um, I was here in the 70s at Fort Hawkins Elementary School. I'm Janice Brown TC. I was here in 57 through the early 60s. I'm Pearlene Gordon Young. I started in uh, 1941, and I graduated in 1948. Larry Smallwood, I was here 54 through 62. And Larry Smallwood had the distinction of being a third-generation Fort Hawkins student. My mother's mother and my mother, her two, two of her sisters, my older brother and sister, and uh, my younger brother went, but he left in the fifth grade, and we moved to West Macon. Brenda Clyatt Thomas went on to set school records in sports at Northeast High School, Florida State University, and she was part of the 1984 U.S. Olympic team. Her love for athletics may have started at Fort Hawkins School. Well, for me, um, May Day or Field Day and recess, because we had a teacher here, Mr. Willie Epps, who, is who I should have reached out to, because he actually is still living, and he was like one of my favorite teachers. But it was cool because he was always out there playing with us, and also our um, gym teacher, which um, she's deceased, Miss Leonard. But they were just cool by being out there with us, amongst us, participating with us. And then our field days, I was, could hit pretty good, was running pretty fast. Once I got in and started participating in sports, because I love basketball, I didn't really like track, but track did a lot more for me because I got to travel all over the world for Pan American Games, got to compete for the U.S. team. But at that time, I didn't meet, that meant nothing to me until I got into it and going to participate and represent the United States. So it just goes to show you about life. <laughs> Janice Brown Teasy recalls that the teachers and staff at Fort Hawkins School were just about all women. The only male during the time I was there was Mr. Chenoweth, the band director. And, of course, he was just there on Wednesdays because I think they floated from one school to another. And I started band one week, and the next week I was out sick. And when I came back, he fussed at me. Why were you not here last week? You know, blah, blah, blah. And that just threw me for a loop. So I never did go back to band after that. Perlene Gordon-Young is the only one of our students who got to experience Fort Hawkins' original principal. Emma Smith. She was very frightening. And uh, she looked just like the witch in... Um, Wizard of Odd, and she had the longest fingers, and when she would point those fingers, I remember my second day of school, the first day my mother took me, and the second day, mother paid one of the friends of ours that went to Fort Hawkins to walk to school with me, and when we walked up to the school that morning, Miss Smith walked out, and she pointed that finger, and she said, you cannot enter this school until 9 o'clock when the bell rings. 
Don't ever get here before 9 o'clock. Well, I cried all day. <laughs> it scared me so bad. But then we had Miss Clements come in when I was in about the sixth grade, I think, and she was entirely different. <laughs> Being on the grounds of the historic fort where students could see the blockhouse from certain windows in parts of the school, we wondered what our students were taught about the history of this location. I don't recall actually teaching in the classroom, although I suspect that fifth grade was Georgia history when I was here and Mrs. McSwain was the teacher. And I suspect that we did learn something about Fort Hawkins, but I don't specifically remember it. But I do remember taking short field trips. As you said, they didn't have to call in the big yellow bus. But we would, uh, several times during my time here, we actually walked over to the fort and went inside. So I do remember touring the fort, but I don't, at that time, I don't recall any specific history about it. I'm sure they did, but I just don't recall any. And again, we were outside all the time, always looking up at it, but I don't, just don't recall it. But I'm almost certain. I can't imagine them not <laughs> giving us something about it. We were sitting right there looking us in the face every day. So. We studied Georgia history a lot. And of course, that was in the Georgia history. But uh, they would take us out to the fort, and we'd go all through it. They wouldn't let us go up high, you know, but, and to me it was a scary place to go in. I never particularly liked to go inside, but uh, they taught us a lot because Georgia history was um, one of the main subjects. And one of our students remembers getting a first-hand look at the fort's blockhouse on the southeast corner. The time me and two more guys climbed the fort with our fingers and went in the window. And Ms. Clemens, the principal, come out. Had to get us out because she couldn't climb back down. She gave us some paddling, and a little while later we did it again. And she told, "Come out, and let us out." And she said, "Took the two guys and said, I'm paddling y'all," and took them in paddling. She said, "I'm not paddling you. I'm just going to take you to your daddy." And he was six three and a half, and we, I never did it again. Other than climbing the wall, we never went into port. All of our Fort Hawkins students have special memories of specific teachers there. Of course, back then, the teachers were just amazing. Um, but again, I mentioned Mr. Willie Epps. Like I said, he's still living, but because of in that, oh, wow, he didn't play. He spanked us with that paddle, paddle us. You knew that he, well, you knew they all cared, but because I'm serious, he got out there and literally played kickball, baseball, the swings. He did it all with us, like he, and showed us that, hey, I do care, I gotta teach you these things, but like I said, he didn't play, he was very disciplined, he's very big disciplinarian, but he, of all, but there were uh, all of them really. And like I said, Mr. Lott, the principal, like I said, we were terrified because you know the statue of a bear, he was, as a kid, he was humongous, but one of the sweetest people you'd ever, I'd ever met, but, so yeah, I had, I had a lot of them, but Mr. Epps would be probably my favorite from Fort Hawkins. Uh, Ms. Rainwater was my first grade teacher and I just loved her, but all of the teachers, um, as I recall, were just very sweet, and you know, I got along with them, and I liked them, and had no problems with them. Uh, the one that stands out, I guess, most in my mind was at that time when school started was Miss Hatcher. It was her first year teaching. She was very young, and as I recall, very pretty, 
and also engaged, and she got married during the school year, so then we had to get used to calling her Mrs. Wiggly. You know, I was just kind of taken with her because of her youth and her beauty and whatnot, but she was also a very good teacher, as was all of the teachers as I recall them. My first grade teacher in 54, Ms. Jeannie Nutty, she was an uh, older lady, and she had her gray hair tied up on her head, pulled up on her head in a comb, and wore uh, heels that the boot, the shoe come up above her ankles. And she was a picture of an, an old a teacher back in the, the days of probably when the school opened. Sweet as she could be. All of my teachers were wonderful teachers. The, I didn't have her, but the second grade teacher later on, they had a Miss Farley's. She got married during the school year, and her name became Picklesheimer. And then I had a teacher, Ms. Uh, in seventh grade, Ms. Newton, and uh, not in class or around her, they called her Fig Newton. Ms. Trapp, she was my seventh grade teacher. Also, in later years, she um, helped my children by coaching them in different subjects later on. But she was always my very favorite. And I had a Miss um, Newton in the sixth grade, and she was, she was really good, too. And I kind of kept up with her until she passed away. In the third grade, I think I had about three different teachers because they would have to leave for certain reasons. And I think that was my worst year there. But the rest of the time, uh, all of my teachers, I just loved. They had some good ones, Ms. Long and Ms. Jenny, and Ms. Barron was my first grade teacher. She was really, really strict. In fact, I got my hands paddled several times. <laughs> Back then, they could do that. We ask our students about some of Fort Hawkins' extracurricular activities. I think one of my fondest memories is uh, the May festivals that we had down by the wading pool, which was just down the hill from Fort Hawkins itself. I can't remember if it was grade level or each classroom would learn a dance. And of course, we had a little partner that we danced with and whatnot, and we would go down and sit around. And of course, at that time, the little pool had water in it. And we would go down, and I think it was one of those situations where parents were involved or were invited to come. And each grade would have their time to get up and do their dance around the pool. And it was just one, you know, it was kind of, I thought it was kind of a fun time. Um, one of the things you talked about, graduation, they, up until my seventh grade year, as I recall, they had the graduation ceremony down there by the pool also. Oh. And I was looking forward to my seventh grade graduation down there by the pool. Well, guess what? That year they stopped doing it, so graduation was in the auditorium. <laughs> Seventh grade, we had fire marshal. I was a junior fire marshal. And um, they took us to Six Flags. I'll never forget it because my mom's in the hospital, but it was an awesome trip. But they were great. Um, it was Chief Smallwood. At the time, it was... Would you sergeant then, Chief? He's sitting here, by the way. My okay. boss, he's, he's actually, he's my boss on the fire department. He's retired 40-plus years. 
and he's our historian with the Macon Bibb County Fire Department. That's why when I saw him, I was like, yeah, he has to write one. But he was actually one of my instructors for fire marshal, I think, Chief um, Bibbins, I think. But again, then I come to the fire department, and there he is. I was going, wow. But when I came out the fire trucks and went into prevention where he was when I got there, I went and found my certificate where I was a junior fire marshal, and he was kind enough. He went and actually had it laminated for me. So the office he used to hold, which he's my boss, I'm now in that position. Had a great teacher, by the way. I, tip, I was just talking about him two days ago, but he laminated for me. So I have that, have it framed in my office because, again, he was my boss and then my junior fire marshal, and he actually laminated for me. So it's sitting. In, I know you know it, Chief, but it's hanging in my office because when I when I told him about it and gave it to me, he's like, "Give me that." And he took it and laminated. So that was really cool for me. Like I said, we went to, got to go to Six Flags for free. I had never been to Six Flags, and and they again we talked about the teachers. Even they, those fire marshals at the time, Chief Small, Chief Bivens, the fire department, they were just always the adults. Then were just really caring adults. We had the May Festival. My mother was always a room mother. That's what they called them back then. And uh, they would have uh, taffy pullings. And my mother would help make the taffy and bring it at the May Festival. And uh, But that's the only festival I re really remember us having. We didn't have a lunchroom until I was probably in about the fourth or fifth grade. And they built a lunchroom, added it onto the school. Until then, you know, we just carried our lunch. In the uh, May Festival, it was by grades. In the first year, I walked with a girl. You had to dress up with a bow tie. Mm -hmm. In the seventh year, seventh grade, I did that. But I remember in the third grade, we, we the, the girl had something that looked like lily pads, costume made, and the boys were frogs. And we had a... They made a frog, a sack, and you hopped along behind. I think it was the seventh grade school play that we did a play on safety, and I got to be the nurse in that play. And I, I looked for it. I couldn't find it quickly today, but I still have a picture of the cast of that play, uh, you know, from that year. Like I said, I think it was seventh grade that we did that. And another thing that I recall... In those days, for recess, you could go down to the auditorium and you could get a five-cent Coca-Cola and a five-cent candy bar or pack of crackers if you wanted a snack, you know, during that time. I couldn't wait to get to school, and especially rainy day recess. They'd bring little packages of Lance cheese crackers and a small Coca-Cola, and that was my breakfast in the morning at school. And what about the food besides the snacks? On Thursday, you had soup. It was a vegetable soup with meaty, and you had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Well, I was out of school, and when we started going Six Flags, learned that that was peanut butter and honey. But you only got chocolate milk on Thursday. Him talking about that soup, you could smell yeah. that throughout the school. It was, yeah, it was amazing. I started wearing braces, and when we were in the lunchroom back then, your bottle of milk was in a glass bottle, and had a little top with a wire holding the top on. And every day they passed all the wires down to me for my braces. I think me and Peggy Stevens was the only two people in the 
school, whole school that wore braces, and they were just fascinated about my braces. So they passed those wires down. They thought I needed them. <laughs> Some other important events in the life of Fort Hawkins School. Burdell School opened in 1936, a few blocks down Fort Hill Street from Fort Hawkins. Burdell opened to accommodate African-American students who lived in East Macon. Most of the students who remained at Fort Hawkins when it closed transferred to Burdell Elementary. In the mid-1940s, the lunchroom was added to Fort Hawkins School, and an expansion in 1949 gave the school two more classrooms and an auditorium. Not unlike the other elementary schools or grammar schools in Macon and Bibb County, Fort Hawkins was a neighborhood school. You walked everywhere you went. I walked to baseball games at Baconsfield, walked to football games at Baconsfield. Mother would bring me to school in the morning, but I had to walk home in the afternoon. And there was a dog on Full Fork Street, and I would walk down to Emory Highway and go around and come back. Mother said, what took you so long? And I never would tell her about that dog. Just said, I was he never barked and she's just sitting up there. I lived on the Mill Village, and I lived on Hydrolia Street. And I would have to walk all the way up Main Street, cross Main, and walk all the way up Fort Hill Street to the top of the hill where Fort Hawkins was. We didn't have kindergarten back then. We all went to church and Sunday school. That was where we were doing our pre-learning, I guess you would say. On the village where I lived, on the number one mill village, they had a program for us there, you know that kind of helped us like kindergarten. And, and so then when you started the first grade, you were kind of already familiar with being with people and being taught. I love basketball. Um, before the bell rang, we would sneak down to Birdie or Hunter, play the girls down there. But when that bell rang, because you could hear it, we would take off running back up this hill. We had to get to class on time because you couldn't be late. So yeah. that was pretty cool too. We left elementary, we wound up at the same junior high, well, junior high at the time, Applin A, Applin B, and then to Northeast. So there are a lot of us still that's still here. So we do get to um, see one another a lot. Matter of fact, I just got a invite for one of the, my girlfriends from for her 60th birthday. So yeah, I get to see a good bit of them. And we had our 45th reunion last year. Fort Hawkins School closed at the end of the school year in 1978. The building was torn down in 2004, and the following year, the Lamar Institute began archaeological excavations on the property. We'll have more on that part of the Fort Hawkins story in the next episode. But when you visit the historic fort any Saturday or Sunday between noon and 4 p.m., you can still see part of the school's exterior wall and the sidewalk leading to the school's front door. And now some other random memories from our alumni of Fort Hawkins School. One of the most trivial memories that I have was I was in sixth grade on the second floor in a classroom overlooking the city when Old Wesleyan Conservatory burned. And of course, at that time and at that age, I had no idea what it was, but in later years learned that I was watching that historic building burn. My father was a firefighter and his, my great granddaddy was, my older brother was. And uh, I used to sit in class and draw pictures of fire trucks and the fire hose. I, and never thought I'd really be a firefighter. But she mentioned uh, 
I lived on Woolfolk Street, which Woolfolk goes down and goes up. And the dirt street towards Gray Highway, my father got called into the old Westland fire. And we looked, and it looked just like the sun setting. There was that, the fire was that bright over there. The only male in the school was Nathan the janitor. When they'd send us out to dust the erasers on the wall, Nathan would come out there and watch us, be sure we were doing it right. He said, no, you're supposed to hit them together like, do not, not beat on the wall, because his wall around the, the restrooms, that they were in the basement, the wall was yellow. We were yellow and white when we got through. And most certainly, graduation for me was one of the coolest things I do remember because I remember I was all being in white and it's just a wonderful graduation. Miss Dye, which she's still living, Miss Guy rather, she was our um, director. Wow. And she, I mean, we had to have it together. And like I said, we had all the white on for graduation, but we had all those practices. Little lamb, little lamb, little wafer and lamb, all alone and cold. That was our song. <laughs> it was. I never, I never forget that. I have pictures still. Well, I was not a particular smart, smart student. <laughs> but uh, I always liked literature. I liked to read. And uh, I guess that would be my favorite. But back then, we didn't even have a library. The city library was across the road from the school, and we could go over there. But we didn't have a, a per se library in the school. And uh, we had a big playground, and the fort, of course, was on the property. And we got to go in the fort from time to time. And then there was a little wading pool down, and uh, we... Uh, Never got to go in that, but we could go that on Sundays. Though Perlene Gordon-Young, Brenda Clyatt Thomas, Janice Brown-Teasy, and Larry Smallwood were students at Fort Hawkins School at different times, they all agreed that this historic school played a major role in their lives. It was a neighborhood school, the whole neighborhood, and it stretched down to Old Muggy National Monument and to Gray Highway that way. And it was like that. It was a, you can't find many people that didn't enjoy it. In the fifth grade in April, I developed hepatitis and missed the last two months of school. And every afternoon, one of the teach, seventh grade teachers would bring, I mean, fifth grade teachers would bring me work to do and it, at home, on their way home to get help me stay up on it. But it was, it was like a, family person come in with the information. And uh, it's kind of like homeschooling now. Oh, my, absolutely. Again, like I said, the teachers back then were, of course, ama amazing at the time. We still have more, still have amazing teachers. But just for me, the school being here, because like I said, housed a lot of us because it was such a huge, huge school. And um, I'm from Davis on right down the road here at 40 Menard Street. So there are lots of us that attend the school. So, yes, absolutely contributed to who I am up today. Those are wonderful teachers. And the other people, my um, classmates, you know, they were, we just, those times were just different. They were great people, mm -hmm. got along, and we'll help one another. And again, I told you earlier that we're still, a lot of us are still friends today. So, yes, we, um, we, we come from the area where we looked after one another. You know, I think that's why we're still, and those teachers, um, 
exuded that as well because they were very, like I said, their kindness and all. So we got to see that up close and personal, not just at home, but in that school system here at Fort Hawkins. So, yeah, I think a lot of that had to do with who we are and the, the kind of people we are. So absolutely. So yay, yay, yay to Fort Hawkins Elementary School, the teachers, the staff, and all the um, class members and all of those people. One of the things that I've ended up doing in life that kind of relates, I guess, to Fort Hawkins and the history is that I am now the Garden Club of Georgia Blue Star and Gold Star Memorial Chairman, which um, are markers that honor those that serve in our armed forces and the families of those that have lost loved ones. So I guess in some way you can kind of correlate that as coming full circle. In my terms, those were the good old days. As she said, the teachers were great. If you had an issue at home, all you had to do was let your teacher know or your mother or dad let your teacher know that, hey, there's something going on here, and they were very understanding and supportive. So I'm glad that I had the opportunity to grow up during that time and to attend Fort Hawkins School. I felt like we got a good education there, and I've enjoyed going back to the reunions. I think anybody that went to Fort Hawkins enjoyed going. At the reunions, we all talk about what a good time we had at Fort Hawkins. Miss Trapp. She instilled in me that anything that I truly wanted to do, I could do. I just had to push myself and make myself understand that I was a, a good person, a smart person, and she would make you feel like you were the best in the world. And I think she was really the one that give me the boost to go ahead and do things. And I enjoyed the people and the friendships uh, that I made there. And uh, stayed in touch with many, many people from Fort Hawkins. There were some really good people that went to Fort Hawkins. So how can you keep in touch or reunite with your classmates from Fort Hawkins School? There's a Facebook group I attended Fort Hawkins School in Macon, Georgia, and in that name, Fort is abbreviated as FT period and Georgia is GA. As of this recording, the group has 362 members. Fort Hawkins also has a school-wide or all-class reunion every two years. The next one of these is coming up in October 2023. You can get the details on that by joining the Fort Hawkins group on Facebook. And once again, that page is I Attended Fort Hawkins School in Macon, Georgia. And our first two episodes of the Fort Hawkins podcast series are still available wherever you listen to podcasts. For Middle Georgia Podcast, I'm Ben Sandifer. Production.